2 Corinthians chapter number 4, and we're going to begin to read with verse number 1. We finished up chapter 3 last week, last Wednesday night. Tonight we're going to begin here with chapter 4. Paul, uh, we was looked at last week at being going from glory to glory as Paul was talking uh, there con- concerning this glorious uh, way that we have and how did uh, the veil that we have, the veil that was over the eyes of those of Israel, I don't want to say it was because it's still there, uh, that we don't have uh, that veil that Thank God we have an open right and privilege that we can see and understand. Hearing we shall hear and we'll understand the Word of God. Glad that I can see Jesus throughout the pages of my Bible. I don't have to turn to Matthew and read about Jesus. I can see Him in Genesis. I can see Him in Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy. And, And throughout every book of the Word of God, we can plainly see pre-incarnate and a carnal and a carnate Christ Jesus we can see him throughout the word of God that's why the word of God said in the beginning John said in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the word was God and then he said in the word was made flesh and dwelt among us because that Jesus didn't just start in a stable in Bethlehem uh, some 2,000 years ago but he's always been uh, he was there when God said, let us make man. He was there when, when God said, matter of fact, according to what John wrote in the book of John chapter 1, that Christ was in charge of creation. He's in charge of creation himself. So we have an eternal God and we have an eternal Lord tonight. And uh, Paul was speaking uh, last week when we finished up chapter 3 that the Lord is that spirit and we know that and. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And, and, uh, but we today, we have the privilege that we can worship face to face. We can go to God. The veil of the temple's been rent. We can go into the Holy of Holies ourselves. We can talk to God. We don't have to have some man go there for us. Ain't that good? I don't have to have a fellow wearing his shirt back backwards until going into the throne room of grace for me. I have the privilege and the opportunity that I can talk to my Heavenly Father. And uh, that's uh, not something that those children of Israel had. And, and man, at Corinth, these Judaizers that were there, that were trying their best to infiltrate works and law back into grace. And if there was, if the law could have saved a man, there was no need for grace, was there? If the law could have saved a person, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. Uh, but Jesus did die because the law was insufficient in the saving or saving nature of a man's soul. Jesus, the law was never intended, Brother Mike, to save a man. The law was, was intended to let us know that we do need a Savior. And uh, Paul said that I was alive without the law once, then the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. There come a day when I heard the Word of God preached, and because I heard the Word of God preached, I began to realize that I was insufficient in myself. My righteousness was as a filthy rag before God. God allowed me to see Jesus as being the King of kings and Lord of lords and the Savior of my soul. And He gave me the opportunity to be born again. And I'm grateful that that, that as a 12-year-old boy that I trusted the the Jesus today and which is still good. It's been 40 some odd years ago 
but it still works today, hallelujah. It's still just as good today and just as fresh today. And listen, I'm glad that I know him better today than I did then. Uh, but I'm glad of this also, that he knows me, and he knows who I am. And if he didn't know me, I'd be in trouble. Amen. All right, but now we're looking at chapter number 4 of 2 Corinthians. We're going to read the first six verses. If you will and you can and able tonight, stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. The Bible said here in the Scripture, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you tonight for the privilege that we can come before your throne. I'm glad, God, you let me come to church tonight. Lord God, I appreciate you so much for being good to me. Lord, you've been better to me than I could ever deserve. And Father, I have so much. I could spend the rest of my life thanking you for blessings that you've given me. Never catch up, God, for what you've done for me. I bless your name tonight and thank you for letting me come to the house of God. Thank you, Lord, for the Bible that you let me have. and Let me be able to read the precious Word of God. I pray, God, you'd give us a, a knowledge and understanding tonight of the Word of God in which you've allowed us to, uh, to read here. I pray, God, you'd speak to hearts of men and to women, boys and girls tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd do what only God can do. Lord, God, help us to leave here in a different manner, Lord, than what we came. I pray, Heavenly Father, we could leave here uh, different, Lord. I pray that we could uh, have a close encounter with you this evening. God, allow you to speak into our hearts and you make a difference in our life. God, help those tonight that may be here, those listening by uh, the ways of, of, of the Internet. God, those that might be lost and without a Savior. God, tonight would be a good night from the humble ourselves. Bow and trust the Lord Jesus. Have eternal life. God, I know it's not your will that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. And God, I pray tonight you'd help that one that's nearest hell to see their need of a Savior. Bless, I pray the preaching of your word. Use me one more time, if you will, and I'll thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Thank you and be seated. We're going to look tonight at the subject of a glorious ministry. A glorious ministry. Paul made the statement here in chapter 4 in verse number 1. He made the statement and said... Therefore, seeing we have this ministry. Seeing we have this ministry. Paul was, uh, was, was speaking of something here uh, in this ministry. Uh, he may be switching gears a little bit from chapter 3, and, and yet, but yet we're going to still remember that these Judaizers are, are the ones in who is, uh, who's infiltrated the church at Corinth. Uh, when we study the Word of God, we'll find that these people have 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 infiltrated the church. They have 
begin to bring false doctrine in there and, and they begin to, uh, to have a, an instillment in their mind that there's something they have to do in order to help God save them. Well, we know better than that. We th- I'm thanking God tonight that, uh, that there's nothing I could do to save myself. There's nothing I could do to help God. God, uh, had God uh, if God needed my help, He wouldn't have had to send Jesus. Okay, there's no reason that, that God would say that, that you've got to believe in, in the Lord Jesus Christ and have faith in Him plus you do something else to get saved. That's not how it works. If I understand the Bible, if I understand that Philippian jailer that sprang in when the, the earth quaked and the rocks ran and the jail cells flew open and when he sprang into where Paul and Silas was, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And I believe that Paul answered him something like this, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thine house. And I'm thankful that God, that you didn't have to be a rocket scientist to get saved. I never would have made it. I'm glad you didn't have to be somebody of prestige to get saved. I never would have made it. But I'm glad that God came into the, and he gave his son that the world could be saved. And tonight there's religions and, and denominations and people that are that are that are that are built up on the fact that that there's uh, that in in some way that God will save you, but there's something you've got to do to retain that salvation. Well, that's not according to the Scripture. That's not what the Bible teaches. We got a ministry that Paul said that that therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, as we have received mercy, we think not what kind of ministry. Do we have? I say it's a glorious ministry. That's what I say. That I say that ministry is a glorious ministry. You bet. Preacher, that's just for you preachers. Oh, no, it's not. It's for the church. The church has a glorious ministry. The church is commissioned to go into, into all the world and tell people about the Lord Jesus and, and get the world saved. What, what kind of glorious ministry, preacher, is this? Well, this ministry that we have, it brings men to life. You can, it'll take a dead man and make him alive. I don't mean dead physically, but I'm talking about a dead man spiritually. It'll make a dead man who's spiritually dead, it'll bring life into him. It'll give him something to live for and something to be encouraged about. It brings men to salvation. I want you to understand that that, that ministry, the only ministry that there is uh, that can redeem a man's soul is not something that you can go and join up with in a lodge or some meeting building, but the only ministry that can save a man's soul is the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only ministry there is. Uh, it brings men to righteousness. After I got born again, I wanted to know more about Him. The more I read about God's Word, and I want to apply the Word of God to my life, I want to be more like Him. It's only, this glorious ministry is the only thing that can bring men to righteousness. It's also a transforming ministry. We'll get to some more of this later. It changes families. I was studying this this, this, uh, yesterday morning, I believe it was, and I got to thinking about families that I've witnessed God change. I've seen God come into families and do things and make things so much different than what they were headed. Uh, uh, it changes not only families, but it changes futures. This ministry changes futures. It helps us. Uh, it helps us get things lined up to go in the right way. I talked some about that Sunday, and not only that, but it also changes friends. This ministry will change your friends. I'm telling you, it will. Ain't no better people. Ain't no other place I'd rather be than around God's people at the house of God. 
Ain't no other place I'd rather be than around the church that the Lord Jesus said that he that we ought to, uh, to assemble together and forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. This ministry that we have is a gift from God. There's no way around it. It's just a gift. It's a privilege uh, to be saved tonight. It's a privilege to be a part of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this ministry is a gift from God. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 12, Paul said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, first of all, listen to who he's thanking. He's thanking Christ Jesus our Lord. What has he done? Who hath enabled me. He's the only way I've been able to be a part of this. He's the only way I've been able to be amongst this. I, I can only come here and get the comfort and the help that I need from the house of God because of who Jesus is and because of what he's done in me I thank God I thank Jesus Christ our Lord who hath enabled, enabled me what for that he counted me faithful he counted me faithful listen to what he said putting me into the ministry the word ministry here is the word executor of the command of another that's all we are, friend. This ain't my ministry. I've heard people, and I and I, I know, and I, I don't. I'm not trying to be judgmental. God knows my heart tonight. But I've heard people describe their calling in their life, and and I've heard them talk about oh how how that it was such a burden, how that I, you know I didn't want to do this. I ran and I I fought and I, I I I backed away and I done everything to stay out of the ministry. I just I just want to go on record to tell you I don't have one of those experiences. I, I don't. I don't have an experience, Brother Bradley, of running for years and 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 God just uh, sticking my nose in the corner until I uh, surrendered to the ministry. That's not the case for me. Uh, listen, I, I I desired this ministry. The Bible said, if a man desireth the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Ain't that what he said? The Bible said, and listen, uh, it's not a burden to be a part of this ministry. But I'll tell you what it is. It's a privilege to be a part of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our attitude toward the ministry will have, have a, a practical consequences in our life. Our attitude. Now I want you to think about this. I remember years ago, I went with another preacher down to Lighthouse Baptist Church down in Pasadena. Brother Mays Jackson was preaching down there. And I went down there, me and another preacher, and his wife was there, and Brother Brother Dwayne McQueen was one of them. I, and we, we went down there, and and uh, and uh, I don't remember if you went or not. I don't remember. But anyhow, we were, we were down there, and we uh, Brother Mays preached, and I mean preached the house down. If you ever heard Brother Mays Jackson preach, I mean he just didn't miss. I mean when he preached, he preached. And and uh, and we met with him after church, and I went by, you know, it was one of the highlights of my life to go and just uh, talk to him for just a minute and you know, he's a little short, fat fella. And, uh, and I, I remember uh, this one preacher had been preaching several years young, older, longer than I had. And, and he and his wife were there. And, uh, and, uh, and that he, she come by him and, and he, he spoke to the preacher said, How are you doing? And he, this your wife? Yeah, yes, sir, that's my wife. How are you, ma'am? I'm doing good, okay. How you like being a preacher's wife? And I'm going to tell you what, he shouldn't ask her that. He really shouldn't. I can see the look on his face. I regret asking her this. Because she, she listen, she, she just, oh, I'd much rather been anything else than a preacher's wife. I, I really didn't want to be a preacher's wife. I really didn't want to be a part of the ministry. 
But the Bible said that we have a glorious ministry. This ministry that we have, uh, this ministry uh, that we've received mercy, he said we faint not. Listen, uh, this ministry, it'll keep you from being a quitter. Let me tell you, that's what it'll do. Listen to what Paul said, Brother Mike. Listen, he said in verse 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, listen to what he said, We faint not. We faint not. This ministry is a blessing. Listen, what, what Paul said, Paul's uh, trials he faced in Asia had almost gotten the best of him at time. And he had, we, we, we read some of this as he talks here to the church at Corinth. Uh, but, but he said in chapter 1 of, of 2 Corinthians, in verse number 8, he said, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. I have troubles coming on me every way, but it ain't crossing my mind about quitting. I've been troubled on every side. I can't sit here and tell you tonight that I've not thought about quitting because there's been times that I've really thought about quitting. But I tell you what, we got a ministry that's worthy that we would not consider giving up on God. You hear what I'm saying? Those, of you, those times that you get ready to quit on God, stay out of church and not be a part of the ministry of the Lord. Hey, listen to you. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, it's a glorious ministry. Ain't nothing else like this thing that we call the church of the Lord Jesus. We, he said, we faint not. I don't faint. I'm going to continue on. I'm going to keep on. Paul was human like all of us were, but how could he quit when God had done so much for him? You see, what God had done was he, he had brought him out of religion and give him liberty he had brought him out of a life of, of, of bondage of trying his best to earn himself a way to heaven and give him a free gift of being born again by the good grace of God I wonder tonight how in the world can you and I quit on God how in the world can those quit on God after all God's done for us after everything he's done there's a preacher by the name of Alexander White in, in the old country in England years ago. He was written, there was a letter that was written to him by another preacher, young preacher, and asked him the question. He was really going through trials and really burdened, really having problems, and he asked, oh, Brother White said, should I give up on the ministry? Brother White's response to him was this, don't quit. The angels around the throne of God envy you. <laughs> the angels around... You see, those angels don't have the privilege that you and I have. You say, oh preacher, but they're in the presence of God all the time. Oh, I know that. But listen, those angels, they don't have the privilege. They don't know what it's like to be born again. Y'all know that? We don't seem to... We think... Every, well, you hear well, everybody that dies. Oh, he got his wings and she got her. No, she didn't. No, he didn't. They didn't get their wings. They went to, if they're saved, they went to glory. If they wouldn't, they went to hell. All right. And I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy saying that, but just getting their wings, business is the biggest bunch of foolishness I've ever heard in my life. It is. God gave us the opportunity to be saved. We're the only creatures that God's ever redeemed. Those angels that fell, do y'all ever read of an opportunity they had to be redeemed? They did not. Angels don't know nothing about redemption, but we do, hallelujah. We have the opportunity. God saved us from our wretched, miserable state. Why is that? Because He loved us in the beginning. 
God didn't save us so that we would throw him throw in the towel when the going got tough. But he saved us so he wouldn't quit. God, only, God not only divinely calls us, but he will divinely enable us to carry on. <laughs> he will. Well, I'm telling you, I don't, there have been times that over the past 36, 37 years of the ministry, there have been times that I've wondered, God, how'd I make it? How, why didn't I give up? Baptists is mean people sometimes. All right, I'm telling you, they are. They can be hateful. The same sweet people that can be just as mean and ugly as they. And I, I'm telling you that everybody knows this. Ain't no hurt like church hurt. Church hurts are bad hurt, boy. It, it's, it, it, it'll destroy you. Why is it that I keep going? How is it that I've kept going? The same divine calling, the, the, the same divine inspiration that called me is the same divine help that keeps me. I'm telling you that, that he'll keep me going in the right way. I ain't telling you I've made a hundred by no means, have I? I've wandered off and strayed away and I've made mistakes and blunders and faults and failures. Somehow or another, every time I veer off one direction, the good Holy Ghost of God is there to draw me back. He's there to, to steer me in the way. He's there to help me to keep my direction. Listen, this ministry that we have, it's a good ministry. It's a glorious ministry. And we ought not throw it away tonight. Not only is it a... But let's look at but B. We want you to know it to keep you from being a deceiver. Look at verses 2 through 4. He said, we faint not in verse 1. He said, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. He said, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Those last two verses I read, very, they're, very, they're very sentimental to me. About 30, well next month, maybe 37 years, about 15th I think of August, wasn't it? I stood behind a pulpit for the first time, 37 years ago, ago next month. And I read from those scriptures right there. I preached a message for seven whole minutes. For the first time. Preached everything I knew in seven minutes. And repeated myself two or three times, I imagine. But it's just a simple thought. If our gospel's hid. The scripture tells us here. Paul said, but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. He said, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Paul is referring here to the Judaizers that's at Corinth. Not, not every doctrine you hear comes from God's Word, okay? There's a lot of doctrine that God ain't within a hundred miles of. When, 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 we, when we begin to put our finger on salvation and put our thumb on it and say we've got something to do with it, you can wipe God out of the picture. God ain't got nothing to do with that. It, it wasn't any man that went to Calvary other than the man Christ Jesus. The God-man Christ Jesus. 
He's the only one that went to Calvary, paid the debt of sin that would wash away mine and your sin. It's only His blood that could do it. And it's not anything else, plus or minus. If you begin to add or take away anything from salvation other than the blood, if you add anything to the grace of God, you have, you have mauled and mired God's gift. You've mired it. You, you've messed it up. A lot of the doctrine you hear today is been mired and mauled in the hands of men. Many have handled the word of God deceitfully. That, that statement there, as Paul said, but I've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. That word handling the word of God deceitfully means twisting the scriptures. How many of you heard somebody say, how many of you been... I, no, I'm not going to ask that second question. I'll ask you the first because I don't want to embarrass nobody. The first question is this. Is, uh, how many of you ever heard any, any, somebody say, well, the Bible means this to me, but it may mean something else to you. You ever heard that? <laughs> I was going to ask how many of you made that statement. I won't do that. So. You know what? That's what the devil wants you to believe. The Word of God said, but the Word of God is not of any private interpretation. In other words, what it means to me, it means the same to you. The thing we've got to do is rightly divide it. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. God's Word is God's Word. It's not my word. It's not your word. We're not the one that gets to draw the, 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 the conclusion. This Bible, this word is the final authority. In all matters of faith and practice, this Bible, my old King James Bible, is the, is the final authority. There's not a document ever been written that carries more weight than the Word of God. There's not any of the Constitution. I love the Constitution of the United States of America. I, I would be willing to die for it. Uh, but listen to me. I want you to know it does not carry the weight that that book you hold in your lap right now carries. God's Word is the final authority. It's not my decision of whether or not I want to accept what it says or I want to turn, turn it or change it or change the words to make it mean something that fits me better. No. I don't get the privilege to do that. That's why I stick with the old book. That's why I stick with this one. I don't want to twist the scriptures. You don't get to cherry pick the scriptures to fit your agenda. Neither do I. We don't get to do that. We must accept the word of God. Paul said he had nothing to hide in his personal life or in his preaching of the word of God. He said, I, I, but I've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. There have been no deception of the word, no distortion of the word. Paul said, I've not deceived anybody, and I'm not trying to distort it. The Judaizers were twisting the scripture to fit their preconceived interpretations of what they wanted the people of, of Corinth to know. They wanted to say, by grace are you saved through faith, plus a little of the law. Plus, actually what they were wanting to say, you're saved by grace through faith, plus circumcision. That's what they were wanting. Want you to be circumcised. That, that practice of the law. 
When you do that, you mire up the plan of God. You twist the scriptures and you make it fit your agenda. Why were the false teachers so successful at winning converts? I'll tell you why. And Paul told us why. Because Satan had blinded the minds of them. And it's so easy to believe a lie. The Bible talked about many of those people that would believe a lie and be eternally damned. Ain't that what he said? That'll believe a lie. There's folks that believe that they get they climb into this baptismal pool and somebody sticks them under the water that they're going to heaven. But we know better than that. The Bible said you must be born again. How can a man be born when he's old? Must he enter the second time into his mother's womb? Jesus said, except a man be born of the water, the natural birth, and of the Spirit. There's a spiritual birth. You see, there is a need. There is a need to stick with what the book said. Paul said, I, I, I didn't preach, a, I didn't even preach it myself. Look, in verse number 5 there. He said, uh, well, let me, let me not go over verse number 3 and 4 real quickly, but let me, let me dig in there just a minute. But if our gospel be hid, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. You see, what Paul is uh, letting us know there, that, that there's a, when you twist this gospel, there's people's minds that are blinded. There's people's eyes. We, we know from reading, what was it, last week, that uh, that, that veil, uh, you know, was, was placed over the face of the Jews. And, uh, well, Paul said right here that he said, I, I didn't preach to myself or I didn't preach to myself. Uh, for we preach not ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord. I, I, didn't, I didn't make a fan club. I didn't have the Apostle Paul ministry. It's not ours. It's the, it's, the, it's the ministry of the Lord's. It's the Lord's ministry. It's not ours to name after ourselves, but it is because of Jesus that we have this ministry. When you share Jesus with sinners, we're going to go back up and look at verse, verses uh, 3 and 4 now. Uh, when, when you share Jesus with sinners, you know what happens? A light begins to shine in their dark soul. When you begin to tell people about what Jesus died for, people begin to realize that you know what, I'm, I'm guilty of, of, of being a sinner. Who did Jesus come for? Was it for sinners? The sinners, right? Sinful man. Had, had we not been sinners, there would have been no reason for Christ to die. So Jesus came for, for sinners. And, and, but the thing is that there's so many people today that really don't know that they're a sinner. They don't know what sin means. They've never heard a clear presentation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They've never heard somebody say, that because Adam sinned, that we're all by nature a sinner. And because of the sin of Adam, that we've all come short of the glory of God. And we're all guilty of that sin. And that sin has separated us from a holy God. There's a multitude of people. I know we live in the Bible Belt. But friend, the Bible Belt's not all there is. You ask Brother Joe about, about out west, about how it is in Idaho out there and, and people that don't they've never heard a clear they don't know what the gospel is and we found out Saturday there's folks in Popperville, Mississippi that don't know what the gospel is 
Amen. I'm talking about they don't know. They think the gospel's something else other than the, the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, listen to me, friend. We've got a ministry that we need to uphold. We've got a ministry we need to be busy about. Preacher, what's the use in getting out there preaching on them street corners and holding them signs up for folks to see? Let me tell you what the reason is because there's going to be somebody that's going to see it and they're going to believe it and they're going to believe the report and God may not do nothing on that day but there's coming a day because God said my word will not return void unto me. There's coming a day that those words will take root somewhere or another. Brother Mike, we can take that to the bank. Those words will take root. God said they won't come back void. They'll serve the purpose. The Word of God is going to serve the purpose. Listen to me. Paul said there it's not our ministry. And, uh, and, 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 and that we need the light turned on and, and the gospel be hid. It's hid to them that are lost. And, and, and Paul convert, or compared conversion to creation. When you read this scripture, if you read it in context, Paul, he, he compared conversion to creation described in Genesis 1 and verse number 3. Like the earth in Genesis 1 and 2, the, the earth was without form and void. Ain't that what he said? You know what? You know what a lost person is? They're without form and void. That, what is, that we don't understand. Until I, I understood what the word form meant, the word form just simply means empty. It was empty. The world, the earth, the world was without form. It was empty and it was void. But when Christ, when we trust in the Lord Jesus, He becomes, we become a new creation. Ain't that what the book says? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. All things are what? Passed away. And I, what? How many times we overlook that word? Behold, all things are become new. Paul stopped there and he put a comma. There's a, there's a comma or a semicolon between away. And then he says, behold, comma. In other words, he said, look. Look and tell the difference. Look and see. All things are become new. God begins to form and to fill the person who trusts Jesus. He begins to be fruitful for the Lord. He said basically just like this. Let there be light. You see we remember that last week when we were studying this we, uh, we, we, we talked about the the minds of those people of Israel, those Jews, and how that they they were veiled. Moses was veiled. How, how you know how they, they they put a veil over Moses' face when he come from talking with God. The minds of Gentiles also get veiled. Well, our minds of, of 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 Gentile people also get blinded. It's not just Jews that can't receive the gospel. We live in a hard day. We, I, I don't know about you, but, I, but I, we, we're seeing less people saved today than ever in the 37 years of my ministry. There's less people getting saved. Bill Mike, me and you talked about it the other day. That there's less people getting saved today than I've ever seen. And I know they're, they're getting 
you know, having professions and conversions off at different places. But there's a reason today. It's, we're living in very dark times. And the lost have trouble with the message of the gospel. We've seen that Saturday, didn't we? People have trouble with the message of the gospel. There, there's got to be something more. You know what? Satan don't want the light of the gospel message to shine into those folks. He don't want them to see the good news about Jesus. He, want, he don't want them to see that Jesus died for their sins. He don't want that light turned on in their lives so they say, oh wow. People sit in the church house all the time and they hear the gospel and they know that they're a sinner and they know they're going to, that people that die without Jesus die and go to hell. They know that, but yet that light, they're blinded to the fact that that means me. That means me. He desires to keep lost sinners in the dark. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in them. He wants to keep us in the dark. He wants to keep those in the dark. Many times, you know what he does? He uses religious teachers, like Judaizers, to deceive people. Believe a false gospel. Believe a false report. There's, there, there's people that I could... I can I almost want to call their name, but I'm not. Could call their names today. That that have been infiltrated, been in, been been indulged with a false doctrine in their life. And because they've been indulged with that false doctrine, they cannot see the truth. They cannot see the truth. You know what? Isn't it strange that it seems like that man wants to make salvation harder than God does? When God said, it's not my will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, you know why God made salvation simple, don't you? Because we ain't smart enough to attain it on our own. And we're not able, we're not, we're not capable of achieving it ourselves. So God had to make it so somebody like me could get saved. And he done just that. But man wants to confuse that thing. And religion wants to distort that thing. Religion wants to make it more than what it is. I'm not diminishing or demeaning salvation. Brother, there is a life-changing experience happened to me. On May 16, 1978, there's something that happened to me that I hadn't got over in the past 43 years. I mean, I hadn't got over it. And I, listen, I don't reckon I ever will. I don't reckon ever with somebody said, oh, when you die, you will. Oh, no, it's just going to be starting then, buddy. When I get out of here, when I check into heaven, it's going to be just all brand new right then. But listen, I, I, it all took place there that day because somebody, God had to open up my eyes. Let me see just really the simplicity of salvation. I still can't explain to you how it happened. And I've been saved 43 years now. I don't know how it happened. I can't tell you how God, somebody as big as God, can move into me and live inside of me. I don't know how that takes place. But I know it did. My life changed just like that. At that time. You see, a lot of people in today's cults, you know what they were? They were once of this world's religion. 
They've gone off into cults. They, they couldn't see the truth. They couldn't see the truth of the Word of God. They couldn't see the simplicity of salvation. So therefore they wound up going off into something that's no salvation in it. So you see, this ministry will keep you from being a quitter. This ministry will keep you from being a deceiver. This ministry will keep you from being a promoter. Again, I don't, I'm, I'm going back over verses 5 and 6. He said, for we preach not ourselves. We preach not ourselves. Paul said that, that I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to boast of myself. We better watch out right here. Because a lot of that takes place behind pulpits of every denomination. Boosting, your, boosting the preacher. Boosting, boy, one preacher's better. Listen to me. I, we was at a house yesterday. Connor was there with us and, and, and brother, brother Mark. And, and I talked to an old boy that, that his daddy was one of the, an old preacher that I recall in my young days. Uh, he couldn't hardly read his name in boxcar letters. And uh, I remember him standing up at Old Prairieville Baptist Church one Sunday night and stumbling through the Scripture and read, read them. And, and then God began to preach it. Boy, you talking about the power of God show up at a place. Oh, Brother Paul Boone, his name. And, uh, boy, I'm going to tell you, miss those days like that. It wasn't nobody about, Paul Paul Boone didn't have a following, following him around saying, boy, we're, we're Paulicians. That ain't what, they, he didn't have them. He just wanted the power of God on him. The power of God was on him. And uh, God used him in a real big way. You see, too many times today we want people to say, and that's what the Judaizers were doing. They, they enjoyed preaching about themselves and they were glorifying in their achievements. If you go read 2 Corinthians chapter 10, let me turn over here just real quickly. And, and I'm about done, y'all. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, in verses 12 through 18 right here. Uh, verse 12 said, we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that command themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. We will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule of which, which God hath distributed to us, the measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure as though we reached not unto you. For we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. Not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labors, having hope when your faith is increased that we should or shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. To preach the gospel in the regions beyond, not to boast of in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. But he, hath, but he that glorifieth, or he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. <laughs> Paul pretty well summed it up, didn't he? It ain't the whistle that pulls the train. Amen. You can both, you can toot your own horn. What's going to be good is when you stand before the Lord one day and hear the Lord say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant been faithful over a few things now I make you ruler over many Paul didn't commend himself neither should we 
We have a ministry, y'all. And it's a privilege to be a child of God. It's a privilege to be in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell y'all, it's a ministry. It's, it's a privilege to be a part of the church. Amen. I'm telling you, ain't a better better organism to be a member. You say, it's an organism. It's, a, it's an organism, but it's alive. Yes, sir. Ain't a better organism to be a part of than the church that Jesus built. Tonight, I'm telling you that we got a ministry. We ought to stand for the Word of God and we ought to carry out the Word. We ought to have a desire to reach the world with the gospel. You know where it starts? It's going to start with you and your family. It's going to go from your family to your friends, to your neighbors, to your community, to share the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. Have a glorious ministry, Brother Joe. A glorious ministry. And I thank God tonight for the privilege that He's made given me to be in this to be in this ministry. To be a part of what the Lord's done. And what He's going to do. What days we have left. I know we're in Laodicea. I know we're in the last of the last days. I know we're in dark times. I know that we're in shallow waters as far as that goes. We're coming pretty close to, to shore. Before long, we're going to come to bank. We're going to meet the Lord. In the meantime, we're going to still be fishing. I know there ain't as many fish in the shallows as what they are in the deep. But in the meantime, we're going to still be fishing. We're going to reach our family. Reach your children, your grandchildren. Nieces, your nephews, your loved ones, your friends. Any of you got any friends? Hopefully you do. Have you reached them with the gospel? Have you told them about Jesus?